Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 32 of Did You Watch The Race? We're at the far side of the F1 2023 season, so this is our recap episode. I'm Jason, I've been watching F1 for 15 years. I'm producer and social media manager Gemma, and I've been watching F1 for four years. And I'm Colm, and I've also been watching F1 for four years. It'll soon be five. Yeah, it'll soon be five. That's right. <laughs> so I think we have a little bit of a recap too from Abu Dhabi. A, a very little bit. I don't think that was the most... It was a very whelming race, I would say. Yeah, I watched the extended highlights. I didn't get a chance to watch because I was abroad. But from what I watched, I watched it uh, like almost two weeks ago. And uh, now I can't remember that much about it. So I don't think it was overly exciting. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a decent allegory for the season as a whole like Max pretty comfortable out front scrapping between Ferrari and Mercedes McLaren kind of being there thereabouts and Aston Martin that's a good allegory for the, for the season <laughs> no? well like scrapping with Ferrari I don't know I don't no know scrapping between Ferrari. Ferrari and Mercedes oh right fair enough yeah. yeah I don't know if necessarily Ferrari were up there fighting like I think recently they've gotten better and Leclerc was doing a lot of... He had a good stint when he was in the lead, I think, from Abu Dhabi, from what I can remember. And that was kind of an issue between Perez having issues at the start and Max bumming him off track and having to come back. But yeah, Exactly. The, an allegory for the entire season. I Yeah, I, I don't think there's a huge pile to analyse from it. It's like I genuinely have no memories of it. That's Abu Dhabi as already. The racing has got a lot better there, though. Since this is the third race with the new track, well, new track, and it has definitely improved it because up until this, it was absolutely horrible. Now it's at least short and slightly horrible. So mm. <laughs> that makes a big difference. But I suppose the main point of this episode is more of a kind of season recap. No parting words about Abu Dhabi. It happened. It has passed. Let's move on with our lives. Can you tell we're emotionally exhausted? <laughs> <laughs> Every Mercedes That's an allegory fan. for the season. Every Mercedes fan after 2021 there as well. Yeah, fair. And who was it? Was it Ferrari who finished? No, it was Mercedes who finished second. In the constructors, yeah. Yeah, so I suppose the the top three in the drivers was Max, uh, Checo, and then (laughs) Hamilton. And then the top three in the constructors was Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari. That was the only exciting bit at the end where it was like, oh, who's going to get second, Ferrari or Mercedes? But really, as we had said before, in many, many races, it was really just creating drama. Oh, yeah, that was them trying to bring anything they could any sort of narrative to the race so reviewing the season as a whole do you guys have any highlights highlights are hard to go i think my two biggest highlights would have been the singapore grand prix i think that was a really exciting race for what the whole season was but it was good race and then my second highlight i'd say was probably seeing danny come back i know he briefly like he was back for like a day and then he broke his hand (laughs) but it was good to see him back, good to see him get a seat, and it was on what I believe to be merit and the poor quality of the drivers that were there. But uh, it's good to see him back, it's good to see him not set out for the entire year. So hopefully next year he can really lead that team. Yeah, what well, like, there, there really wasn't much, even off-season drama, or, or like off-track mm. drama throughout the year, other than kind of like, is Checo going to be there next year? That was about the height yeah. of that. It was but, all kind of manufactured as well. Well, then you also have the drama around Susie and Toto Wolf and those allegations yeah. that we haven't talked about either. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
that was pretty dramatic. For what turned out to be mostly baseless. Nothing. Yeah. I also think it was quite funny that all the teams were like, we didn't do that. Like, they all put up posts in solidarity. Yeah. We didn't do it. We love Susie. And then FAA were like, well, two of you have done it. <laughs> I didn't see that. Uh, it was yeah. fucking one of you. <laughs> no, they, they came out and they said two teams, uh, well, not, not two teams, but like two people from separate teams, at least two teams, like, oh, came forward okay. and made the allegations. Oh, which would then obviously walk back and the FAA day st- stopped the investigation. So like someone done it. <laughs> like, yeah. it felt like it came mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Well, th- that could still not be a team decision. No, no, I don't think it was a team decision. Yeah, like, yeah, I get you. Yeah. yeah. But it's just funny the way the FAA response is basically, well, two E's did do it, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they were just trying to save face as well after it because yeah. I, the whole thing was just no idea how it even came yeah, out. Well, the, so the publication that released it have been sued multiple times for libel and are known to be pretty shit. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But other highlights of the season. <laughs> oh, do you know what my highlight of the season was? Is the photo finish between oh, uh, yes. Leclerc and Alonso. That was a good one. That yeah. was good. I really enjoyed that. I also really enjoyed learning about so the, the, the way they had sacked that image together. I think we talked about it in the podcast before. Yeah. But that that was really cool to learn like the, the, the technicalities of how they how they done that and looked at it. It was really cool. I think Leclerc's I, last lap move on Perez in Vegas as well, in terms of like on track. Mm, the, that was very good. One of the better overtakes in a couple of years. I can't say, oh, sorry, I was going to say, I can't say Singapore because I, I didn't actually watch it live. But the Singapore race for, for me was definitely like a, a that and the chaos of Australia with all the red flags. Yeah, I do think one of the lowlights obviously was Emla being cancelled. Yeah. Mm. But that's just because it was cancelled. Like in the grand scheme of things, it didn't make much of a difference. Yeah. I think another disappointing factor of the season is is how Checo turned out at the mm. end of the season. I was expecting, like at the start, I remember thinking like the first two, three races was like, this is Checo, he's coming out, guns blazing, he's going to put, not a, no, he's not going to beat Max, but he's going to put like some fire under his, under his seat to make it yeah. the season a bit exciting. Because you could see how dominant the car was. You thought Checo was going to provide some some excitement at least. And then five races in, it was kind of like, no, I still had a hope for a lot of the season, like right up until maybe like the mm. summer break. And I was like, no, Checo... Like, he's going to come back, and then he, after the summer break, he just fell apart. Yeah, yeah. I think I suppose we'll touch on that in our driver rankings, but yeah, wow. That's <laughs> all I can really say about him. Yeah. A low light for me as well was after the guitar Grand Prix, seeing all the drivers basically die. I thought that was uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, I think this season overall, and it's not like I've gone on about giving out about FOM or FIA, you know? I think mm. it's just, it, it's further kind of depreciation of the sport in terms of like where we're racing like the recent announcement of the third mm. they want to move from Barcelona to Madrid to another nice city track and sorry did we see the little roundabout that's included in yeah, there like, oh yeah I love that like I mean I hate it but I thought it was funny I agree with you to a certain point Jason um, because obviously at the end of the at the end of the day it's all just money grubbing Hmm. and like trying to squeeze out as much money as they can but at the same time without that money grubbing I wouldn't be interested in the sport today like like the whole obviously uh, Drive to Survive show was a money grab 
uh, to bring in more fans, which worked. And that's why I'm here. So like without those kind of steps are taken and trying to make changes and trying to move forward, like things won't change. Do you know what I mean? Like you could at any point mm. decide, you know, like this is it now, this is where we've, we've hit and they'd stop making any progress and stop trying to make things better. Whether it's better for the sport itself is a different question. But like, yeah, you know. No, no, I completely agree. Isn't they need to make money, but at a certain point, like it's the fact that like at night city race was meant to be kind of a you know a treat compared to all the other circuits mm. whereas now other circuits are a treat compared to night city races and mm. outside of manufactured drama none of them are good like but singapore is good because it's decent track well designed whereas like because it's singapore yeah well but like you realistically look at saudi arabia vegas baku even though it's during the day but none of them are innately good tracks if it's not for the possibility of crashing yeah but yeah no no i i like i completely understand the money making side of it but yeah it's concerning oh i'm not saying i like it either i'm just saying (laughs) yeah yeah i'm just saying i I understand and i'd be willing to give them a bit leeway for it tis the fine line of capitalism you give out about society yet you participate in society exactly yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah 100 percent do you know what my highlight has been truly this year? Making a podcast with you guys. Boo. I, I was going <laughs> to say our, our podcast is a low light. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? But yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic for 2024 because I want to be, not because I think it's going to be any different. I was about to say, I don't know if I am, but I don't want to be a pessimist. So I'm going to I think there was be optimistic. McLaren's resurgence through throughout the year, Ferrari picking up a bit as well towards the end of the season are hopeful, but how much Red Bull took, took the foot off the gas is concerning. It's crazy, yeah. I do think that that is actually really, really good highlight for me actually as well was the McLaren resurgence you're 100% right like it was exciting to see them come back and get so far and to see yeah. Lando and Piastri like fighting for podiums and stuff that was, that was exciting and we're only about what 90 days out to the next race so less than 90 days I think oh Jesus. my god it's only 77 days fuck off yeah it's funny in my head there I was like god I wouldn't like to be an F1 driver you don't get a break and then I was like I work full time. I don't get a break either. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but you don't yeah. work weekends. True, but they don't work weekdays. Oh, they definitely do. If they paid me in millions, I fucking would. <laughs> Before we move on to our driver rankings, we're going to do our final race ranking of the season. So we will figure out where we're going to put. Is it Abu Dhabi? Yeah. yeah. We're going to figure out where we'll put Abu Dhabi and then we'll call out our official 2023 race rankings. So, lads, where do we think that Abu Dhabi falls in? I assume it's going to be, like, the abyss of the bottom five. Yeah. Really? I, w- I was going to say, like, a bang in the middle. i probably put what? it, like, um, after Canada or Mexico, maybe, or, like, in there. I was thinking more Absolutely around Qatar-ish, so yeah. 17th. All of the uh, Middle Eastern tracks are down the bottom. Yeah. Except for Imola, that didn't happen. We should uh, do a comparison of the GDP of the country versus the track mm-hmm. it was in. That's actually a good idea. I would personally be putting it behind Qatar. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much like in that kind of lump at the bottom with Bahrain, Baku and Jeddah. Yeah, I feel like whenever you watch the highlights, it's exactly what it says until you're getting the highlights. So it seems like a lot more of an exciting race. Than- yeah, yeah. 
I just yeah, the, the whole weekend wasn't that much. That's fair. I didn't watch quality. Didn't watch any of the free practices. So yeah, yeah. I'm like obviously this is this is a democracy to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, if you guys want to put it down there, I think because I'm expecting to put it higher, maybe we should put it above Hungary or at least no. above Qatar. Above. I would put it above Qatar. I wouldn't put it above Hungary. I think that's an insult <laughs> to Hungary, which is like okay, arguably a good draft. Let's compromise then. <laughs> okay, so. From first to last, we have Singapore, Austria, Spain, Japan, Zanfort, Monaco, Las Vegas, Silverstone, Miami, Brazil, Spa, Australia, Canada, Mexico, Austin, Hungary, Abu Dhabi, Qatar, Jeddah, Baku, Bahrain, and then Imola technically in 22nd. So Bahrain has been ranked the lowest out of all of the races that took place this year. Yeah. Uh, Deservedly so. And Singapore has come first, deservedly so, I would say. Yeah, I think outside of maybe three or four races at the top, you know, there wasn't a huge pile between them. But No. Yeah, that's yeah. very fair. I think it's similar to when you end the race weekend. It's like you have the, the people in the front who are very exciting. And then yeah. you have your middle of the pack and then you have your back markers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, agreed. But so that's our race ranking for 2023. If you have your own, be sure to share it with us. If you totally disagree... So now we're going to move on to our driver rankings. So what we've done is each of us have picked out our five top drivers for the year and our five bottom drivers. And we're going to compare them now and see if we can collate a collective list of something we can agree on who has been the best and worst drivers this year. So does someone want to go first? I think Max has just come in. Yeah. (laughs) So he's last. Obviously. The car carried him. Yeah, he did fuck all this year. Yeah, like when you compare it to his teammates, like what he can do? Nothing, nothing. Yeah, uh, like, it's probably the best individual season I've seen from a driver since I've started watching. So, like, the closest I, think I can think. think. Like multiple record-breaking season, like... Even we have them all here. <laughs> all, the all his records that he beat. Right, yeah. while we're here and for it, go for it, Gemma. Yeah, well, the, the, here's the highlight, highlights. And as a Max Verstappen fan, I've really, like... I feel like I haven't conveyed that I am much of a fan. Yeah, because, actually. Like, after the first... Mm, I feel like after the first couple of races, I was like, ah, uh, here. Like, I feel like it's boring it, to be a Max fan. It is. And it has actually been a boring year to be a Max fan, personally. But I'm reveling now for a second in all of this that he is absolutely the best driver. So here are the records that he broke. Most of them <laughs> were records he set in the first place. <laughs> so he had the highest amount of points in an F1 season, previously breaking his 2022 record of 454 and this year finishing with a total of 575, which is like insane. He has broken the most wins in an F1 season, 19 out of 22, and breaking his own 2022 record of 15 out of 22. He has also broken the most consecutive wins, 10, from Sebastian Vettel's nine previously. He also, interestingly, has the most expensive super license this year at... 963,800 euro and he will pay next year a whopping 1.2 million euro for his super for his super license in 2024 and he also finally has the longest streak of consecutive poles to wins 13 and that is breaking Michael Schumacher's record at 12 boom yeah they're just the highlights they're just the highlights yeah but even outside of the records like just to watch it was one of the, the most impressive seasons I've seen like probably the closest is yeah. Vettel in 2011 where he had that nine race streak etc but he was just what did he lose two races three two. 
three. Oh, sorry, three. Yeah, nineteen out of twenty-two. Yeah, look, I think he just wrecked the entire grid. Here. He was like perfection. I was going to say there was no mistakes. There was no, like, there was never any, like, he just never had a mistake. It was always. I had plenty of mistakes. And he, he just had the car to. He had no up. irreversible mistakes, then I would say. Yeah. That a lot of the other drivers had at some point or another during the season. Yeah, he had a couple of small, like, he, there was camera watch qualifying session. He got pinged for outside track limits. There was the penalty on Leclerc in Vegas. But yeah, like I said, he was able to recover from all of them. So, yeah, just ludicrous season, really, all around. Yeah. Long may it not oh, continue. Content. Yet I've been very happy not to hear the Dutch and Austrian <laughs> national anthems in succession. <laughs> but it's it's hard to see how it doesn't, just with the form he's in, unless kind of his, something happens over the winter break that he just kind of falls out of love with it or is less interested next season. Like, I think everyone else's best chance is if Max isn't at the level he was at this Arst. year. Yeah, yeah, like... I, I don't think it's going to come down to other teams improving. I think it's going to need to be Red Bull and Max getting worse. And I don't even know if he's, he, he strikes me as the kind of person who has been quite literally groomed into this sport that like, even if he did fall out of love in it, I don't think he would even have the self-awareness to, to know that because he doesn't know anything else. I think it would take a lot I don't know. Like, I know he says very flippantly that, like, he would get out of F1, like, whenever he doesn't feel like it. But I feel like when you're institutionalized to that point, like, do you even mm. know how to. I think he's institutionalized to car racing, not to F1. F1 is just the pinnacle. Yeah. Like, I think he, yeah, I suppose. he's a big fan of GT3 racing. He's his own team for GT3, does a lot mm. of virtual racing, et cetera. I think he just wants to race. And I think that's the most reasonable or most likely. Thing that will happen that he'll leave and go to another series mm. but, yeah that's a good point but I don't think that'll be for a few years yet can you imagine the come down after all this like <sighs> if you're a three year world champion and then all of a sudden you're like okay I'm done now and having to adjust to regular life it'd be absolutely insane obviously you're millionaire or billionaire but at the same time you don't have that drive or push or like what you're saying, Gemma, like there's a massive vacuum that's left there afterwards that people have to deal mm-hmm. with. Like you hear it all the time when people go to the Olympics and then they come back from the Olympics and they're like, well, that was it. Is this it? Okay. Yeah. I think it's slightly different to that as in the Olympics is, yeah, I get the Olympics kind of comparison, but I think it's similar to, more similar to like the lead man of a front, of the front man of a big band leaving and starting his own thing. Speaking of experience, mm-hmm. are you? Uh, I was neither lead man nor do I have my own band now. Jason Nertney <laughs> is announcing his debut, hot <laughs> off the press, solo career. Only shelf. But I think for. <laughs> Left on the shelf. <laughs> oh, I think for like, someone like Max, he just relishes challenge and that you get a lot more of that in a spec series. And I think being able to, he said so many times he hates the press. Be able to get away from that to a degree mm. would be a big help. But look, I think over the course of the last nine months, we've talked a lot about how good Max is. Yeah. Who do you have as your number two driver? Right. Who had who, who was their number two? Mine was Oscar Piastri. Same. I had Lando. Oh. Well, yeah. we had Alden McLaren. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Lando. Okay. I mean, you are Oscar Piastri's biggest fan, Jason. I'm shocked by this. Why did you pick Lando out of curiosity? I think Lando from the upgrades in Austria was by far the closest driver to Max. Like when you look at the rankings to the, for where he finished the season, so he was what a point, two points off fourth place, and mm. considering he effectively didn't have a car until the eighth race of the year, to be in that position was 
pretty incredible. String is second place, is in third place, is made very few mistakes. I saw Vegas being the only large mistake I can think he made, and even that was a very strange one. But like, I put that down to kind of track conditions, etc. as well. So I think he constantly showed very good pace, pretty good maturity, and pretty much got the most out of the car at every turn. I think that's exactly why I put Piastri there. Like, for almost uh, exactly similar reasons. Obviously, he didn't have the same success that Lando did, but Lando was getting the upgrades. He was always getting upgrades before Piastri. And you could see Piastri struggling the weekend, and then the next weekend when he got the upgrades, he was doing just as well as Lando. Obviously, he was, wasn't getting the same amount of points or finishing at the same place. But I think when I was making my list, I was grading them against my expectations for them as well. So, like, mm. I have high expectations for Lando. I'd expect him to do well. And then I was, not that I didn't rate Piastri. I knew he was going to be good, but I wasn't expecting him to be this mature, like seeing the decisions that he's making, the calls that he's made throughout the season and his driving. Like, I, it was a lot more, he seems like a much more mature driver than I was expecting a rookie to be. So that's, I think that's why I put him second. Yeah, I was the same. Um, I, the way, I mean, you could look at this several ways, obviously, which we did, but I was looking at my top five as, what they what their outputs was versus their means essentially and i agree column that like piastri came in as a rookie has no we a lot of people had no expectations or very little expectations and he's come in and absolutely smashed it like two podiums in his rookie career is pretty good i think like ninth driver in the championship out of 22 is i think also very good and you know he's walked away with a few different bits like he's got fastest lap in Vegas obviously like that's just one out of sprint 22 race races he won a sprint mm-hmm. race didn't he no yeah he did yeah he, run, he won a sprint race yeah he, um, he has a good few yeah sure he, yeah, sure he has a race win and Lando doesn't just <laughs> what more evidence do you want yeah no I like I agree isn't I think Piastri had pretty much the perfect rookie season and did everything that was that he could that was in front of him but I suppose I'm looking at this from a like a an everything factor. I think he still has room to improve would be oh, how I'd look at it. And yeah. I think next year he will. I think he, he needed a season under his belt to you know, he he's a a nice chunk off Lando in race pace. But I would just put that down to pure experience and managing tires, etc. like that. But his qualifying pace is pretty much on Lando. So I think he definitely yeah, is had an amazing season, but I think Lando's was second best. <laughs> well, if you're gonna, this. if you're going to go by who had the best season, surely you just look at the driver rankings. <laughs> Job done. Well, I mean, be well, boring though if we all disagree, if we all agreed. <laughs> and also, are you going to say that Checo was the second best driver this year? Mm. Yeah, well, came second. Came second. What more do you want? Um, right we move on to number three because mine yeah. was Lando I put Lando in third for me okay and I think Jason's I put Alonso already... okay yeah I had Alonso in third I think Jason's justified why I have Lando in third yeah that's fair yeah and Alonso do you guys want to talk about that I think yeah just these these rankings overall outside of first and last there's basically a kind of a three to four position slot you could argue any driver in so it's yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, Lando, I think Lando had a great season in that car. I I put Lando ahead of him because I think Alonso had a few weekends where he was just kind of anonymous. A few weekends more than Lando did. I think he made the most of the car 
on the majority of weekends. But again, kind of like you were saying, I would expect Alonso to do that relentlessly. Mm. I was impressed by Lando's ability to kind of step up the pace a bit when Piastri was knocking on the door like he was. So, yeah, I think Alonso did as well as he could, really. And Aston Martin just need to kind of get their shit together to be able to give him car for a full season rather than a bit at the start. I think the disparity between Lance and Alonso spoke volumes. Um, obviously, Lance had like a stinker of a season. Um, but in terms of like Alonso's performance in comparison, it's matched like eight podiums. He only finished out of the points out of three races. Two of those were DNFs. One of those where he finished in 15th um, in Singapore. So for me, like consistency was like a big thing. And I also think, you know, purely from entertainment value, he provided a lot of entertainment for the season, be it scraps, be it off um, track kind of yeah, drama, entertainment, fair. personality. Yeah. It was it was an all rounder for me. The forehead. <laughs> Taylor Swift drama. The smelling of the Taylor f- Swift, yeah. The smelling of the flowers. Um, I think the one gave it all. the one thing as well that kind of bumped Alonso down for me a little bit was I think he was slightly fortunate and Aston Martin were as a whole at how much of a basket case McLaren were, especially and then Mercedes and mm. Ferrari were for the first five odd races. Yeah, like he had eight podiums this year and six of them were within the first seven races so that kind of factors into it a little bit too but that's not his fault he can't be wasn't it like the ninth or eighth race when he was like this is the last time we're not going to be in the podium Uh, Canada yeah just dropped off yeah Mm. so yeah I think that that's where I seen his season but pretty much as good as you could expect like coming into the season I don't think anyone had it Expectations like this for Aston Martin <coughs> or Alonso. Alrighty. Who was our number four? I had Hamilton. Hmm. Of course you did. I had Albon. I had Signs. Oh. Ooh. Wow. No, very different. I think this is where yeah. we're all going to start diverging. Yeah. yeah. I think Hamilton, I put him after Lando and Alonso because he wasn't as fast as them over the course of the year, but was incredibly consistent over the course of the year. Like, constantly high up the points and that's why how we finished third in the championship but yeah it was like obviously down to the car to a degree but there just seemed to be weekends where you're just like why aren't you going faster you know you can go faster than this mm. but lots of races where there was a clinic in tyre management and bringing the car into the right place and eking out results where they didn't really seem possible kind of picking up points when they've yeah, been an issue true. early in the race so yeah i think like in that sense, it's one of Hamilton's better seasons over the last number of years, but just the outright pace wasn't in the car and wasn't in him, I think, either. Yeah. It's his mm-hmm. second season without a win. So even though you have him fourth, it's like in his head, probably like his second worst season. Yeah. I suppose for him, he has two types of season. He's world championship and not. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, not winning a single race for him, I'd imagine, is, is difficult. Yeah, I had Albon. Um, obviously, uh, he's with Williams. I know... Sergeant isn't like the best benchmark as a rookie in Williams but I thought Albon did really really well there's loads of times where like I remember watching races and being like where the fuck is Albon in fourth with like this is after pits and stuff and being like him holding on to spots and being able to fight I think he's really like leading that team obviously because Sergeant's not going to do it but 
I was really impressed with this year. And again, when I said it was making my list, it was about expectations of where people are, are and what they've done in comparison to my expectations. So like after seeing him leave Red Bull and the state that he was in when he left, um, and now seeing him in Williams and how much more relaxed and comfortable he is and how much better he's driving was, was really impressive. Yeah, I'm just going to piggyback on that slightly because I have Albon in fifth. Oh. I do too. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think Albon has matured around that Williams team and it's kind of been a give and take relationship where they're maturing and improving around him, especially with James Bowes coming in this year. So, yeah, I think a really good season from him. Yeah, I don't think they could have had a, be- a better person come in after Russell left. I agree. I mean, he was in the top 10 seven times this season for seven races, which is good. Okay, Gemma, now it's your turn to just. Oh, yes. Signs. Okay, so Carlos signs. So I actually had Albon as my fifth, so... Um, I I agree with your points, but I'm going to say Carlos Sainz because, and for this reason only, is that he's the only non-Red Bull driver to have a podium this year. And I think that speaks volumes. But I also think that he, like his Singapore race was unbelievable. And, and again, like I'm basing it a lot on points and finishes, but he had two DNFs, one DNS, and then one non points finish so he has been consistent in his points he's been able to pick up I think he's really been able to challenge Charles Leclerc um, in terms of race pace I think he has had like a fire up his arse this year I think he's showing like a huge amount of potential for obviously what is a flaming shitbox of Ferrari strategy part of the time Um, and also his strategy with um, Lando was so clever this year Um, I can't remember what race that was in terms of Singapore yeah, Singapore. Yeah, so his his performance in Singapore for me was was outstanding. So that's why he's been my my fourth. Perfect. I'm going to piggyback on that because you both have Albon in fifth. I have Signs in fifth. <laughs> Pretty much the exact same. I think I've said it before. I am a big Signs fan. He's been so consistent throughout the year. I think it's fantastic. Like he's he's had rough races and he's had good races, but like the majority of the time they've all been pretty similar from from his side of the, the thing obviously if you had issues it's a bit of a different story but I think like for majority of the, the season he like almost like tons of the races like he's outperformed Leclerc now I don't know mm-hmm. if he finished above him in the in the rankings oh um, I'm coming I'm I'm rebutting with that don't worry <laughs> okay fair enough fair enough obviously he didn't but I imagine they're very close I couldn't imagine if it's more than 10 points between them over the, the whole season but in terms of consistently I think Sainz performed better when Charles had good days he had great days and when he had bad days they were horrible and it wasn't just silly mistakes from, from Ferrari I think there were a lot of Charles making mis- genuine mistakes yeah um, I'd agree on whereas that. when Sainz had rough days they were either technical or um, the track the track or, or, or crashes or whatever it happened to be um, I think he's just a lot more consistent and I think, especially at the start of the year, um, when the team was more leaning towards Charles, there was a lot of decisions that were made like in favour of Charles. And Sainz was still able to to, to keep up and, and, and fight back. And he, about halfway through the season, then they started being a bit more diplomatic, I think, with their decisions. Mm. And I think that really helped. So I think he, he's well-deserved to be there at Ferrari. Right, go on, Jason. I disagree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the points gap between was six points. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't massively rate signs. I think he's a great driver. 
but I don't think he's a top five driver on the grid even at the moment. Um, <gasps> and like I think that's like I, we can openly all say this is Leclerc's probably worst season since. Yeah. Yeah. And Science had a great season, and it's still quite the journey off him. Uh, Leclerc had more unprovoked errors. Absolutely, I don't think the team necessarily. Uh, Ferrari are just a bit of a black box in terms of they yeah, could. That's fair, mm. but it definitely seemed like from an outside perspective, it definitely seemed like a lot of oh. decisions they were making were like not in his favor. Yeah, yeah, but I think there was times when they were trying to make decisions in favor of Leclerc, and they still ended up giving Sainz a better strategy as well. Yeah. So, yeah. but like, I, like, like, yeah, no, no, the team definitely prefer Leclerc, but I think that proof is in the pudding when you look at the standings. I think Leclerc just has such a higher ceiling that it's, yeah. Oh, I definitely agree. I think Leclerc has definitely a lot more potential, but to be mm. honest, I just don't think he has the capacity mentally. Like, not at the moment. Maybe in a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, I think he's losing the head. He just doesn't. He's not with it. Like, yeah, I just think he's not with it. And like, I'm not saying that I think Sainz is a faster driver or better. Mm. I think as a whole package, if if you had to pick for one season, I'd be like, yeah, I put my money on signs. I know that I would have lost this money <laughs> this season. But like, I just don't think Charles is with it. I like, maybe in the future, whenever he's had more wins and maybe a bit more time and he calms down a bit, Jesus Christ, he'll mm. he'll perform a lot better and he probably could be a world champion. And I definitely agree with the statement as well that I, I wouldn't put signs in the top five. I'm putting up there because like, what do you expect from, again, when I made my list, it was like, what do I expect from drivers and how they performed? And I think mm. Sainz massively outperformed of what I was expecting of him this year. And again, you said he had a great season and that's, that's why I put him up there. Yeah. Um, like, obviously, agree, with, like, Hamilton, Verstappen, Alonso, like, with all them, the grid, like, of course, Sainz isn't going to be even close to them. So, like, uh, and then especially with fucking Piastri and Lando as well. Like, yeah, it's, it, it's tough. Like, that's it. There's so many fantastic drivers there like I wouldn't no, put him up there but I think um, he's just had a very good season yeah yeah that's fair Everything. well then how are we going to decide oh on our official top five well Max is obviously number one one yeah I think Lando is probably going to be in third because well I didn't have Lando at all in my top five True. Actually, let's list. So, so let's list all the top drivers. So we had. So my top five were Max, Oscar, Alonso, Carlos, and Alex. I'll concede Piastri being higher, but I'll quit the podcast right now if Science is in the top five. Well, both two, two, two versus <laughs> two against one. So how long you have Hamilton up there? Yeah, sorry now. But everyone, I'll quit the podcast if we put Hamilton in the top five. Between Hamilton, oh yeah, I'm happy to. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so it's actually, who is it? So, Max, then we have Piastri has two, Lando has two, Alonso has two, Hamilton has one, Albon has three, Sainz has... Okay, so it's just Hamilton. So, I'm, like, I'm sorry, Jason, but I think we have to drop Hamilton. Oh, yeah, that's fine. But but that means, who's left then? Not Sainz. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm happy to drop Sainz and pick up Lando, because you sacrificed Hamilton. Yeah, I don't think Sainz is going to make it in the top five, I think we've had him there and but like obviously there's two more drivers that we need to drop so yeah I think that's pretty yeah. good okay so our official Lando, top five actually I think Lando should be third because no, he got a, he got a second place and a third place yeah and Alonso got a two third places so I think Lando should be he's got like nine third places no 
There's only three of us. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant podiums. <laughs> okay, fine. Fine. So our official Did You Watch The Race top five ranking is Max, Piastri, Lando, Alonso, and then Albon. And Sainz. <laughs> Should we have a few honourable mentions before we go into the bottom five? Yeah, let's have an honourable oh. mention of signs. <laughs> Good job, buddy. So proud of you. I've stuck Hulkenberg in at 11th. I think Hulkenberg actually had a, like a really good season compared to Magnussen and compared to the car as well. Yeah, like I think there was a couple of races where he was running quite high up. He had some great qualifying sessions as well. I think Magnussen had a bit of a stinker of a season as well, which I will get onto later. But yeah, I think he had a really good season for his first season back since 2020. Mm. I'd like to give honourable mentions to both of the Alpine boys because I think they did very well. Yeah. I, and were relatively consistent. Consistent across each other as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And they gave some good like scraps and stuff like that. So yeah. that, was, that was good to see. Yeah, I don't know. But I think honourable mentions for me would be Lawson. I put him in 13th. Oh shit, yeah, I forgot about him. So I think for while he was there, he did a pretty respectable job. I do agree that Lawson definitely gets a shout out. I am above Yuki, so. Yeah, it was, <laughs> him and Ricardo were kind of tough to rank because obviously they didn't race the full season, so you couldn't mm. give them quite the credence against everyone else, but also they were quite good. <laughs> I think, yeah. Russell as well, I have in 12th. I thought Russell, that was his worst season he's had. No, I have Russell in 9th. I actually almost put Russell for a hot second in my top five because, but then I really looked at overall. But I thought he was fine. I yeah. thought he had quiet races and good races. I don't think he had any disastrous. Yeah, but is that what you want from? He did have a disastrous race. What what race did he put in the wall? Singapore the lap. There you go. Oh, Fucked sorry. It. Yeah. But um, like, did you just say it was the worst season? Yeah. Well, like. As in his bar is quite high, but... In Mercedes. <laughs> no, I, I just mean o- overall in the sport. Yeah, well, uh, uh, yeah, uh, against expectations. Yeah, he's very, we had very high expectations for him. He didn't deliver. Yeah, Russell, I just thought was meh. And then my last kind of honourable, dishonourable mention is I have Perez in 13th. But I'm sure at least one of you will have him in it. Mm. I don't think he deserves to be in the bottom. Thing. No, I think he's got some merit in terms of that he still came a second in the driver standings. And the start of his season came out like looking hot for a second. Yeah. He definitely wins the prize for biggest disappointment, my books. Let down. I don't want to say disappointment. Um, like, uh, he's not going to fucking listen to this. <laughs> yeah, I know. But this is this is my honest feelings, Gemma. No, <laughs> Sorry. I, I would say disappointment is probably not even a strong enough word. Let's move on to the bottom five. And Gemma, you're going to read out yours because you have a pretty controversial list, apparently. Oh, I'm scared. Okay, well, I read out from... Okay. So... Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so afraid. Daniel Ricciardo. Boo. Sorry. Then Nico Hulkenberg. Then Yuki Sonoda. Then Kevin Magnussen. And my biggest disappointment, we know, is Perez. But the, the worst, in my opinion, was Valtteri Bottas. Oh, that is completely different. Yeah. I yeah, I know. Bottas is in my can bottom ex- five as well, in fairness. Can I explain the Daniel Ricardo, right? Can and you explain them all, please? <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I'd, I'd be happy to. Daniel, like, okay, he's the top out of my bottom, if that makes sense. Like, obviously, because we couldn't judge him that much out of seven races. But I am just hesitant to hop on the Daniel Ricardo train that everyone is on because 
I personally don't know if he is going to deliver in Alphatari like everyone thinks he is. And I personally think he has been brought back. He's a decent driver. But how much of this is marketing and like popularity, really? I'm just uh, having my like marketing brain on and being fair. like, he's an obvious choice. But I don't believe that he was chosen to be put on that car because he was the best driver out of the selection. Controversial. But but the other selection opinion. was DeVries. And that's all. The other selection was fucking Lawson. And look, he per- outperformed him. Well, I it think, wasn't the time, though. Yeah, like Lawson was after Ricardo's injury. So I don't think he was a viable option or thought at that point because Ricardo being the reserve driver was the obvious step in and contracts being signed. But I definitely agree with some of your points. Yeah, I agree that there's a lot of hype around him. Um, mm. But I think a lot of it obviously is because he's so likable. But sure, look. I think and I don't think he deserved to be in run five. There's much worse drivers on the grid and off the grid. I'm sorry, I just judged it on expectation. That's I fair. Know. That's fair. I do love Daniel Ricciardo, though. I I don't hate him. I think his off track in the factory though has to be appreciated in a degree as well. Like as in they had two mm. points finishes up until he joined, and they had what five six after that. The car definitely overall seemed to improve a bit too. Mm. So I think you know his contribution to the team and the team have said that as well that they felt they were getting much more information and feedback on their upgrades when he was back in the car so i think he's more of a team player probably than he comes across in the media as well Mm. and i think him doing that puts yuki in an awful position where you know this is yuki's third season in that team and he has he improved I think he's, he's matured slightly, but I don't think he's matured to the leadership of that team, which was his opportunity this year to really step up and be like, I am taking the bull by the horns, if you will. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Who was everyone else's what, fifth? I'll, then? I'll go next. Um, I had Bottas, Joe, mm. Stroll, Sergeant. And Vries. Do you know really yours? Because I think ours are pretty similar. So Yeah. Uh, so I have Joe, Magnuson, Stroll, Sergeant, Vries. So, uh, I, yeah, I think there was kind of bad at Joe. It was a toss-up, really, to be honest. Yeah. I just am an apologist for Joe and I will never put him in the bottom five. I love you. I don't think I, that... Even though you prove me wrong every week. I don't think that, in fairness to Bottas and Joe, I think, yeah, Jason, you're right. It's basically a coin flip. Like, I think... Mm. Again, in terms of like expectation, like I was expecting Bottas to, I don't know, I was expecting Bottas to be better in in his news. I know it's the second season. I thought they would have kind of got their shit together. But again, I guess they have a new team principal as well. But I don't know, after being Mercedes, I just kind of wanted Bottas yeah. to be better. Like yeah. he only finished in the points in four races. Not great. Yeah. In fairness, I also have Joe in mine. And it's pretty much, I don't think it's that I was like, oh, those drivers were particularly bad this season. No. Just they were so quiet and everyone else was kind of like along the lines of what I expected from them. Mm. I think that car is possibly worse than they're performing as well. I think that's one of the worst cars in the grid. And the team has gone through a lot of background changes and obviously Audi coming in. So how much are Alfa Romeo actually assisting and, you know, making things easier for them? I think, yeah, like they're just, there's just nothing them yeah i think they yeah. just had a season yeah you know like you know usually when you say a team it invokes a certain kind of thought feeling. or yeah feeling yeah but like yeah. Mm. it does to a degree 
Alfa Romeo does nothing. Alfa Romeo's like, oh, yeah, yeah they're the other team on the grid. <laughs> it's, it sounds like a coffee brand. Well, yes, yeah, so I think their their biggest crime was just driving for Alfa Romeo. <laughs> so I didn't yeah, know where yeah. to put them. <laughs> um, then I guess for me, Stroll, I put him in third last purely because I do think that he, his season was a disappointment. Yeah. Um, it was. But no. I don't know if it was justified to put him in the bottom five because he had one or two decent races unlike some of the others but but first what he could have been you know like as in what Alonso with eight, pod- mm. eight podiums we mentioned like yeah considering the true. fact his teammate was in the top five like yeah yeah I've I've massively let my bias in uh, you five. really have <laughs> like I'm like but I love them that stroll finished and I'm actually right this time, finished 23 points behind Piastri as well. Like, it's, yeah, I, I don't think there's really much of a leg for him to stand on. Obviously, the injuries, etc. during the year, but... Drugs. Yeah, but, yeah, I think, mm. it, I think it was just a I poor, think the injury really fucked him, I'd say. He was getting more points when he was injured compared to... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I don't think that's, I don't think that's anything to do with the injury, though. No. Oh, no. Yeah, like, look, he picked up points as points... In lots of places, but... Do you think if he broke his other hand, the car would get better? Maybe. God. Maybe. Yeah, I think... I that's think... what uh, Daddy Stroll is looking into right now. <laughs> breaking his other hand? Bre- even, breaking his son's other hand. Even the incentive of breaking his hand might be enough. I have Magnus on my bottom five as well. I think Magnuson is very, very fortunate that Haas don't want to take on a rookie and that there aren't many other drivers yeah. out there. Just compared to last year, what a massive disappointment. Well, he was compared to Schumacher, I suppose, last year as well. So, But like he had better performance in general. Last oh yeah, 100%. Like, 100%. fucking nowhere. Yeah. I'm also surprised that your Hulkenberg, uh, my Hulkenberg is, I had in 16 right above K-Mag. Both of them could have easily been in my bottom five. Same, yeah, I had, well, I, yeah, you had both Alfa Romeos, I had both Haas's. Like, and maybe again, it was my expectation of Nico, like he came in very strong, very hot, and then just fell off a cliff, in my opinion. I think it's our recommended that is down to Haas, and... Mm. No, I, I think more often than not, you've seen him popping up in places he shouldn't have been, whereas Magnussen, I felt like yeah. he didn't at all. Well, no, in fairness, yeah. to, to Hulk, he did qualify well for the Haas, but like he just couldn't sustain that place. And maybe that was what biased it for me. Yeah. Because you're like... We're f- in fairness, there was one or two races where Hulk was like up, like well into the points. Yeah. Well, he had two points finishes this year. So. He led a sprint race at one point, did he not? Or no, maybe he didn't lead it, but he was second, third in a sprint in Austria, I believe. So... Yeah, and he actually finished in the points in that yeah. Austria yeah. race. And then I guess if we're happy enough to move on to the last two spots. Yuki for, I think, you, you, you both, did you give Yuki? No, 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 no. no. You had uh, oh. Sergeant and DeVries. I'm surprised you didn't have DeVries in yours. Me? Yeah. Well, I said I didn't acknowledge him as a driver. <laughs> <laughs> so That's so mean to say. He's less, less than your bottom five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he doesn't deserve no. to get a mark. Well, then that, I know. If- yeah, fair enough. I know he's not going to listen. The Nick DeVries doesn't fucking care, but still, like... Oh, he cares, Gemma. I hope he listens. Oh, he cares. I put Yuki in because, as we had just touched on, like, it was his time to take the ball by the horns and he, didn't, he did fucking nothing. Like, he... The, the highest he finished was P8. There was a huge gap. Like, I know he kind of slowly came... Towards the, the end of the season, he kind of slowly came back a little bit in terms of finishing in the points. But not anything noteworthy. And I really think, like, the Liam Lawson thing fucked him over. Yeah. And I just... I don't I don't know. And I, again, love Yuki as uh, a driver and, like, as a personality on the grid. But I don't know. Yeah, I had ranked Lawson higher than him by one, one spot. Same. I had him... So he had... Yeah, but- 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, Kibi and Poor. I don't think he was bottom five. I think he was still in patches. He was great, but I think that's yeah down to him, the maturity that we're talking about. That he's just not able to step up. Do you want to talk about uh, Devries and Sargent, or is that fairly self-explanatory? Devries is fairly self-explanatory. He I think was so bad that he got kicked off the grid. Yeah, I think Sargent actually was all right. Yeah, I actually kind of th- rethinking putting them there because when I was talking about expectations in my head, I was like, yes, Sergeant, mm. and I kind of brushed them off as being shit. And but I don't think I gave him the same thought that I was giving everyone else. So, like in terms of my expectations of how it was going to be, I think he definitely exceeded my expectations. So I might bump him up a bit. Like he came in as probably the least likely to succeed because he was a rookie in a Williams, and he came so in like, a year early as well. He wasn't meant to be in the sport this year. Yeah. Well, mm. do you know what? I'm going to bump him up for mine. I'm going to put him up. Yay! Above came I. I still, I'm, I'm still happy with him being my 21st driver, but I think he had a better season than I was mm. expecting him to. I think he was just pretty, uh, not not necessarily consistent, but he got some points. He got point. He got point. He got point. Yeah, I and I don't think he was as far off Albon as kind of all the stats say either. But mm. yeah, he he, he had, had a. So you're saying he's not that far off Albon, and you have him top five. You can't have him in your bottom five. No, I as in I meant in races. <laughs> I don't think he's like. I, I, sorry, probably have, I should rephrase that as in races where they were both kind of roughly at it. The gap wasn't as big across the season. Obviously, crashes everything. He was nowhere. Yeah. But I mean, he, as in, did, he, did he have the most expensive crashes? No, who was that? I assume Lando. That or sorry, Lando Lance. Pe- that was, was Lance, it? yeah. Yeah, it was. And then Perez was second. Jesus. Mm. Oh, as in across yeah. the whole season? I just thought it meant in one go. No, no across, across the, the season. 2023 season. I think, it, yeah, sorry, that probably a better way to put what I was saying is I think the absolute gap between Albon and Sargent isn't as big as the points would suggest. Mm. If, if he can improve for next year and kind of bring a bit of consistency into his weekends then I think he can definitely improve look I, I don't think he's going to get anywhere near Albon but as in I think he can improve to be closer to him yeah well in fairness if you came 11th and I, like say if he came 11th for every race and Albon came 10th every race he'd be 23 points ahead which is a big gap yeah and Albon got like was getting the upgrades a long time before him as well even more so than McLaren were doing it but yeah fair yeah look I think I and look Williams have renewed him for next year as well and I think that was a smart move because yeah, a bit of consistency while the team is trying to build up like they are is is good. So we'll compile our bottom five for the season, and then we call them out. So I obviously think K Mag is going to be there. Yeah. Now with my movement, he's and then I think Devries is definitely the bottom. Yeah, Gemma, I'll accept Devries as bottom. Yeah. Valtteri was my bottom, but I'll accept Devries as bottom. No, who, who yeah. did you have if you call it your five? So mine was Danny Rick, who I'm willing to drop, Nico, Yuki, Kevin, and Valtteri. So I think Devries, fair, is going to be the worst. And then it, coming in second, I would personally think either Valtteri or Magnuson. You didn't have Stroll at all, did you, Emma? No. And you had Yuki. Hmm. You've really thrown a wrench in this one. <laughs> um, I think Sargent should definitely be in the bottom five. Right, I'm okay, going to go. Fine. I'm happy to sacrifice Daniel and Nico because I, you made some fair points, counterpoints. So. so our bottom five for 2023 is Bodas, Sargent, K-Mag, Stroll and DeVries. And this is shocking. Boo noises. <laughs> oh, the toilet flush noise. 
So for our final F pun of 2023, we are going to have a Christmas theme. Woohoo, Woo Christmas. I was going to say Val Tree bought us. Val Christmas, Christmas Tree Val bought us. Tree. <laughs> Val Christmas Tree bought us. Um, I had a driving home for Xmas. And what? It's like you're driving. <laughs> it's not one, you're driving. Get out. Leave driving the home podcast for Xmas. immediately. Somebody please arrest this man. That's the worst pun out of 2023. <laughs> Boo, I disagree with Gemma. <laughs> I, th- I think we should extend this to wordplay. <laughs> F wordplay. <No>. Christas. <laughs> Christ. Has. What am I trying to say? Hasmus. Hasmus. Saint Nick de Vries. Saint Nicholas de Vries. Oh, that works. Mm. Sort of. Oh. His name is Nick, so you can just go Saint Nicholas de Vries. Saint Nicholas de Vries. Yeah. Yuki Sunsnoda. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's Snowda. good. Yeah. Yuki Sunsnoda. Yeah. Let it Joe, let it Joe, let it Joe. Oh, that's very good. I like that one. Mistletoe. Oh, yeah, that's good. What do you have for Christmas dinner? What? Turkey and Hamilton. <laughs> Got you on fire, Gollum. Oh, you're a Max for unwrapping the presents. <laughs> no, you're Max for wrapping the presents. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Max for stuffing that turkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Again, Oscar P.S. Christmas tree. <laughs> that is that is actually the definition of a stretch. <laughs> I have one for Yugi, actually. Oh, yeah, go on. Little driver boy. <laughs> That's good. This is why we need to That's ex- very... extend it to wordplay. I think wordplay. That's very F wordplay of you. Yeah, there you go. F wordplay. Lawn snowstorm or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, that could be it. Alon Snowman. Alon Snowman. Do you want to build an Alon Snowman? Do you want to build an Alon Snowman? Or do you want to build a Man? <laughs> yeah, well... That's a bit we're creepy, just, though. We're just, you know, we're not even doing puns anymore. We're just leaning into things that say snow and saying Joe instead. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've used all our snow tokens there. That'll be all from us this year, folks. So thanks for tuning in uh, every week. Well, not every week, but every other week <laughs> for the past year. <laughs> Really appreciate it. We'll be back, hopefully, in 2024 for the next season. So look out for that. I think we'll uh, we'll balance that against how interesting the season is, it's fair to say. <laughs> and I think we'll hopefully make a bit of changes as well. If you've enjoyed the podcast, be sure to give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. It really helps if you leave us a review. Make sure to tell your friends and family to give us a listen over the winter break. You can also find us on Instagram at Did You Watch The Race? All one word. And keep your eyes peeled because I have a idea in mind for some new social sites and for more fun content so keep your eyes peeled in 2024 for that so thanks very much for listening happy christmas happy new year i've been colin i've been jason i've been Gemma, and we'll talk talk to you you next next year (laughs) (laughs) we can do a little intro line to like throw into the start well we have to ask the question did you watch the race oh shit oh yeah Oh yeah. Okay. Did you watch the race? And cut I watched back. the highlights. <laughs> Classic. Did you watch the race? Banter. Yeah. <laughs> Quality. Or lack thereof. 
Oh, I also fucked up. I read George Russell's points instead of uh, Sciences. There's only five points between them. Well, I'm going to be retconning that conversation. <laughs> There's five points between who? Uh, Sciences and, and who? Oh, Sciences okay, and that's good. Oh, you were right. Yeah. Yes. Nice. 30 points. I was like, fuck, that's a lot more than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, there's always <laughs> like, I should have uh, double-checked that. But, alas. Um, yeah. You put it in of the conversation and just be like, when you said 30, you'd be like, five points. <laughs> that's <laughs> precisely what I'm going to do. Mm. He's blue-balled us, really. Yeah. And Max got you off, did he? Oh, you know he did. No, it cut that out. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Blooper. Um, 